Hello, welcome back to another episode of Marketing on Mars. Today we got Sarah Shui. You're calling all the way from Taiwan, right? Or are you Ooh, in Korea? I thought, I thought we were telling you we were calling you from Mars, but yeah. Oh, Taiwan, yeah, Taiwan's okay. like to many people, it's as far as Mars. So, but yes. From- well, what I meant to say was it's the Taiwan in, on Mars. So you are you are on Mars, but it's the Taiwan. Um, but uh, okay, so you're calling all the way from there. You're in a completely different time zone. Uh, but I thought maybe I'll start with a quick little intro of you and then we'll kind of dive into everything. Um, so Sarah, uh, I'll, I'm going to completely butcher this, but Happily basically produces live events, experiences, um, but uh, focus on being carbon neutral, right? That's basically yeah. what you guys are doing. Yeah, we do like, um, we, we're experiential and media production company. Um, we do produce carbon zero experiences. So, um, we actually have a, a happily forest and like our trees are in the shape of a happy face, like in Tanzania. Oh. And we, um, which is, which is, that was just like a surprise. Like our, like forestry team's amazing at Forest Nation and they just, they just are so happy they did it. And anyway, so, um, yeah, but we actually like calculate like all of the carbon um, emissions that we have on our virtual and our in-person shows. We try to reduce it as much as possible um, yeah. and just make sure that they're neutral. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And by the way, it's not just some kind of carbon neutral event company. You've also worked with, it's actually legit companies that you're working with. I'm just going to list out some of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to list out some of the events that you guys, um, like companies that trust you guys. The hashtag Me Too movement is a, you guys are a trusted partner. DoorDash, DNC. You also were a co-founder of the TED Active, which is kind of like TED Talks, kind of. Back in yeah, it was. We're, I was one of like the first ten people at TED after they took their talks online. So kind of like the OG TED crew. The OG TED crew, love that. Um, but yeah, carbon neutral, but large, large events. Okay, that that is my intro for you, but uh, maybe you can give us like a short, you know, couple of sentences uh, or like a paragraph of, you know, what you do and your experience in marketing and events. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, what, what Happily does is essentially like we partner with brands and nonprofit organizations that uh, we consider like world positive, you know, orgs that... Um, have really meaningful things to say with communities that um, that are active and want to become more active. Um, and we do that through engaging people with events, which are kind of sometimes like we produce them end to end. And it feels like launching little mini businesses inside of companies end to end because we'll do things oh. like start, you know, we'll start like thought leadership conferences, come up with like you know, new brand names, new creative, every single, for almost every single sort of like new show, um, hire out large teams of people to execute on those, develop marketing messages, media messages, videos, reels. um, And then of course, just all of like the travel and the dinner parties and, you know, all of the sort of details of just people being, you know, on site happily essentially helps, um, helps do all that. We've got five studios, strategy, creative, web, broadcast, and experiential. And we just orchestrate, you know, all of this creative talents um, and kind of like nerdy, technical, like almost psychotically like adrenaline fueled, like production people, (laughs) like pull them all together to 
to just make sure that communities can form and have you know really joyous and memorable experiences. So cool. Well, we're going to dive into all of that. We're going to learn about who your comp- uh, who who your clients are, how you guys run events, what are the secrets, marketing channels, all that. But first, I wanted to kind of just start off with the traditional dab of hot sauce. Um, so I understand that oh, no. you, won't, you won't be taking hot sauce with us today, or will you be joining us on our? I don't dab? think you want me to. To be honest, like I. Um, so I'm pregnant, which is exciting. No. And there's like, uh, I just don't, uh, I think that if I, I'm not supposed to eat like lots of things wow. um, and spicy is, is one of them. So, okay. Well, I don't know what to do about that. You are the first pregnant person slash woman on the show. Um, okay, um, <laughs> That'd be I amazing if I, there, you had a pregnant man. That's like, I mean, <laughs> that would be. Well, anything happens on Mars, but uh, I think I think what I'll do is I'll dab by myself. But next time when when you're here in town, Aww, or if, I'm, if I'm down in Taiwan, we will get some spice. I don't know if there's even spicy food in Taiwan. I can like I don't know. I can like drink water or something like that. I don't know. It's okay. That's okay. I'll okay. do the dab. <laughs> um, so I'll have to be very careful because um, every single time you cannot answer a question. We want to get into the roots of what works in marketing. So every single time you cannot answer a question, you were supposed to take another dab of hot sauce, but because I will have to take it, I'll have to be a lot more careful with the questions. How, how hot is this hot sauce that you, that you've got? So it's, um, I'm going to plug this, um, farmer Raz from Seattle. Rude boy. Boy. Rude boy, Rude boy. And it's made from Carolina Reaper, which is the third, I think, I believe it's the third oh, spiciest yeah. pepper in the world. And also Scotch Bonnet, which is a Jamaican Scotch Bonnet, which is up there, but not really. I think the Scoville oh. unit for this is um, about 350,000 or 400,000. Correct me if I'm wrong, rude boy. Is this the um, hottest hot sauce you've ever had? No, I've also tried the bomb from the hot ones. That is That used to be the hottest uh, sauce that they had on the show. And now they made one that's two two times more spicy and it absolutely kills you. Um, and oh that's gosh. not fun. But cheers. So, this is, um, okay, well, it's, yeah. Cheers to you. Thank you so much for letting me. Yeah. I love spicy too. So I'm actually, I'm actually sad that I have to sit it out. Yeah. Well, don't be. Okay, this is spicy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it is spicy. In the next, yeah. like, two minutes, we just, like, watch, like, you just start crying. Yeah, it is. Well, luckily, now it's my turn to kind of ask you questions. So let's, let's kind of dive into it. Like, I, so what I want to know is, first of all, I know I've listed out about three of your clients. Who are your clients? Who are the people that work with Happily? And why would a company want to work with Happily? Mm. Um, I mean, the different types of clients that we have are like large uh I would say like enterprise, you know, um, companies, people who have like over a thousand, sorry. Um, that's like, I don't know what this is. Oh, it's my sneeze. Um, people have, (laughs) I'm an, I'm a Naruto fan and like, it's like a really, it's like the end song of like, you know, there's like different music. It's like the closing song of like one block of episodes. It's the one where like, 
Sakura and Hinata, I think. I like it. Anyways, uh, anyways, so I digress. Um, yeah. Our clients, <laughs> I would much rather, clearly I would much rather talk about like um, obscure Naruto music than, uh, than our customers. That's not true. I love our customers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so we work with like companies of like tons of employees, like, you know, thousand plus employees. It's like one kind of persona that we have and, and we're helping them like, um, you know, build their all hands, do their retreats, especially now with like remote work. Like it's, such a big thing to just like have like good in, uh, internal culture. Um, and also like a lot of organizations, like they go through different phases, like with DoorDash, like they, we help them through their IPO. Right. And, um, and there's like mergers and acquisitions that happen. So culture building and, um, reporting and updates and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, that's one type of customer that we have working with like people operations. Um, and then another type of customer that we have is like brand marketers. Um, these can be for, uh, organizations like small or large, like it's funny, but because like some of our smallest, when I say small is like the team is really small. It's like a lot of VCs work with us and it's like one, two people that are like in charge of like marketing or platform for, VC firms and, um, you know, but they do like, they're, they're hosting like a lot of these, uh, different kinds of summits and like learning and mm. development, like webinars and stuff like that for their portfolio companies and their networks. Um, but like, you know, we also work with like large brands that have a new product to launch, um, and we'll do sort of big experiential campaigns for them. And then, you know, lastly, we do help with, uh, nonprofit organizations and nonprofit associations as well. People who are like member-based and, um, yeah, just like need to bring their community together for, again, kind of like, I think our like, our like sweet spot jam is like the making like edutainment, like learning and and development kind of stuff, like fun, um, like kind of coupled with culture. That's pretty much what we do. Yeah. Basically turning everything that you learned, uh, with the Ted active campaigns and, or the, the, you know, the Ted talk kind of style and bringing them in house. To organizations that want yeah. to create their own TED experience, TED-like experiences. It's definitely like our sweet spot or like our, our unique expertise. Like, cause, um, my company, like we, of those like five studios I mentioned earlier, like three of our studios are run by like past colleagues of mine. So like our head of broadcast, for instance, is okay. Jason Wishnow, who was like the director of the TED talk was like, totally came up with like the whole format from it took it from like, you know, zero to a billion views in his tenure. So, wow. um, we just like have, you know, we just were there at that, at that inflection point when Ted decided to not just be an events company, but to be a media company that like leveraged the power of events, um, you know, to, to basically like pull together, like the most interesting content and make it actionable. Yeah. By the way, talking about Ted talks, we'll, we'll talk about that and then we'll come back to happily. You were one of the first 10 uh, people that join the TED Active campaigns. What was that like growing from, from the early beginnings? I think you started, what was it early 2000s was when you started? Yeah, mid 2000s. Um, so, so yeah, so TED's actually like been around for like, I don't know, maybe it's like 40 years almost now. Like, um, and then it sold, uh, it sold to this guy, Chris Anderson, who had that vision of making it a media company. And so I came in yeah. after Chris took it over. Um, and then Ted active was like the simulcast event actually. It was so Ted, uh, 
started to put its talks online. I think when I was there, there was like still like less than a million views, you know, um, people would like, I had to like go and like hustle for sponsorships and stuff. <laughs> like people would be like, so when do we get to meet Ted? And I was like, oh, it's like not a guy. It's like stands for technology and entertainment and design. Well, he's, he's we all laugh about that now, <laughs> but like we would laugh about it internally, but it took years. It actually took years to build the brand. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so Ted active was, uh, was like just when Ted was starting to like get like a little bit known wider, the community was coming. There were people, once it's going online, there were people from all over the world that was like, how can I come to Ted? And like, Ted's like, we don't know who you are. And like, what do we do? But they were like super fans, man. They were like, we want to do our own Ted. We want to, we want to translate your talks for free. Um, and so Ted active was kind of like mothership for like, this is the place where, uh, we actually like rented out a satellite so that we could like show the Ted talks. And we had like a whole experiential program for the course of a week in Palm Springs. And then we basically, um, kind of taught TEDx organizers how to do TEDx and then they would best practice with each other, um, and share their learnings. And, and it was like, it was literally like at Ted, we were called like the kids table because we were like the noisy, totally like irreverent, you know, we were watching like talks like in the pool. Like I once, <laughs> once, once one year was leap year. And I was like, let's get a bunch of trampolines. And like, I got like 50 trampolines <laughs> and then like, um, we all like leapt around and like watched talks like while jumping and did all sorts. And we did all sorts of stuff. It was like this really fun, like incubator for new ways of mm. distributing ideas. Wow. And at that time you were, super young, right? When you started there, you were like the youngest amongst... I don't like, know if others. I was seeing this. Ted, Ted actually rules pretty... skews like pretty young. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was like 25, 26 when I was there. So um, wow. man, I just aged myself. So hopefully, hopefully... Now you're all marketers. You all know how to do doing math. math. Doing math. <laughs> Early 2000s. Okay. Um, and that was like, YouTube wasn't even that big at that time. So Ted didn't even no. make on YouTube yet. No, and Google wasn't. I mean, like Google, like those dudes like really launched Google at Ted, you know? So it was the internet was all like really young. Yeah. No, that's so cool. So, okay. When you think about events, what makes a good event? So for you, you like it to be fun. Is that just... It seems like everything is becoming more and more fun online. Even ads, like you want to incorporate comedy or something interesting. Even when you want to speak, you want to be subtle and you want it to be fun. That's why TikTok is just just going off and growing so fast. Everything on TikTok is fun. Is that kind of where you see everything going? Um and maybe you can talk a little bit about yeah. Events, let's tr- let's tr- I hope yeah. so. Like let's trend to fun. Like that sounds good, right? Like better than despair. I mean, look, um, there's a lot of things that are not fun in this world, and I think that it's always safer for a brand to be the sh- the optimistic shining light, right? Like I think most brands aren't gonna be like, oh, let us be the the doomsayers. 
Um, right. Like, well, we see even like being, having been and in, in being active in the climate space and the sustainability space, you mm. know, like I start, I was doing sustainability events, sustainable events before I was at Ted and I was like, yeah, we have a branding problem. Like they're all like, you know, kind of at that time it was like a bunch of like old hippies that were like, the world is going to burn. And it's like that. It is true, but that's not, you know, what people want to hear. They want to know the facts, right? But they want to know what can you do about it, right? And how can you like people want to like enjoy their day, right? I think also like the whole freelancer yeah. movement, because I was we were kind of early with that, because happily is like a marketplace of uh, a huge marketplace of freelancers. And so I would tell everyone, I was like, Yeah, you know, people don't really want to work at your office like full time anymore. Like they want to work on things that like are interesting to them. So I think, I think fun, you know, are we trending to fun? Like probably if you're, if we're talking about brand stuff, you know, um, and I think just in general people's lives, I think it's more about like, I think it's just more about people like trying to find things that are like interesting to them, you know, and just generally you're like attracted to things that make you smile. Right. That's so true. That's so cool that you guys were on, on like the cutting edge of fun events and remote work. And now, 10 years, 15 years later, from when you guys first... Well, actually, you guys started... In, what, what year did Happily start it? Uh, 2012. So 10 years. Yeah, 10 years ago. 10 years. And, and now everything is kind of like commonplace. Everyone is trying to do fun events. Like it, it, even like conferences now are more and more fun. But you guys have been doing yeah, it Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean... If you've been to a bad conference, it's like it was like if you go to a bad conference, you just don't want to go again. It's too hard, and you, and events are expensive, you know, honestly. Mm. So like, um, and they're wasteful, like generally. So it's like, why put all this like energy, like sunken energy, if you if you're going to deliver an experience people don't want to come back to, right? Like, it's always easier to retain people than to acquire them. So having that like element of fun. And a lot of times you're, you know, people are asking, especially conferences, like dedicate a day, a week or multi multiple days. And it's like, that better be fun, you know, because as soon as like, at least for me, like six o'clock or whatever, my work day is done. I'm, I'm having fun. Right. So you can't like expect people to sort of like come and spend like 24 plus hours of just like, like boring learning. You know, yeah. even like school is school getting more fun. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They should. They should get into that. I think that would be a good business idea if you can turn school fun again. Um, I mean, I think that like TED and Masterclass and like a lot of these, you know, media companies, this edutainment thing has like been on the rise because you know sure. people found out like, oh, like kids actually do want to learn things as long as it's as it's packaged the right way, dude. I saw. The Snoop Dogg has this is a side thing. Snoop Dogg has like a, a, a like he cool. sings to kids and he's got like a he like <laughs> sings like he has this kid raps you know like I was, th- I was thinking I just all I had was like baby Mozart I'm like very excited to like introduce my kid to Snoop Dogg your kid? very to at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> you might get your kids to get into uh, some recreational flowers. Um, yeah, uh, uh, gardeners. You know, like let's go gardening. <laughs> you might do some gardening. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of acquisition, you talked a little bit about retaining is easier than acquiring. Yeah. Don't really know your world too much, and but for people that are listening, they might be interested. Like, what what are the marketing channels for? Like what you're offering because you're 
your audience, they're big, right? They're big companies or, you know, bigger nonprofits. The events are probably bigger as well. Like how do you acquire the, the these Customers. clients of yours? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, historically it's like word of mouth. I think word of mouth is actually really big for us. Um, and, um, and actually like, you know, like just people who come to our events, they're like, Whoa, who did this? Like, this was awesome. Like I also need to do that. So that's a lot of our customers. Um, but we'll also, we'll, and then we'll sponsor events too, you know? So we'll, we'll go to a boring, sometimes like we'll just like go to a boring event and we'll be like, okay, we're going to do the party. Right. And then we do the fun thing. And then everyone's like, whoa, it's like amazing. So, um, that's a thing. But honestly, like we, um, we also just, uh, do Google ads, LinkedIn, social, um, social media, like content. Um, we use like different channels for different things. So LinkedIn is really great for us because we're actually like marketing on two sides of a platform. We're always like recruiting, you know, talent to join us and specialists uh, to join us. So we'll use LinkedIn for that, but we'll also use like, um, we'll also use, you know, Instagram and looking at, you know, using TikTok more for that as well. Um, and then, you know, and then just for, B- I mean, we're B2B for the most part. So finding people like on LinkedIn, uh, you know, is, is really critical for us. And then we'll just, we write lots of blogs, have lots of case studies and white papers. Uh, we'll throw, you know, events and webinars of our own, um, uh, so that we help people like understand, you know, according to their specific industry or the sort of specific stage that they're in and like developing their community, how they can leverage events to grow, um, their audience. So, yeah. Yeah. And so for your, like your social channels, like LinkedIn is good for talent, but, do you also get companies uh, like B2B yeah. uh, guys come up to you and be like, hey, yeah. I just saw your event. It looks amazing. Can you do ours as well? I invested in building my LinkedIn profile like kind of earlier, I think, than a lot of other people. Like I've got like 10 plus thousand, 13,000, something 13, like that. Th- like yeah, 13,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just like went in, like, I just was like every day would like, um, put in like a different role, different industry, just look for people that I thought was interesting and reach out and say, what's up, you know? So I did that for years. That's how I like got, you know, this group of people. I literally know like all of those people, (laughs) like they're not, I don't know. I don't know. So, or like a lot of them. So, um, so yeah, I think that's like, that's actually been a really, um, good thing, you know, it was just like investing, like in doubling down in like one channel. Um, so like you have like a good sized megaphone in one space. Um, and LinkedIn does work, you know, on both sides of the platform. So like, you know, our clients and, you know, and specialists will, will both like want to talk about things with, with me on that platform. And I think, and I don't know if you agree with this, there's this trend in B2B where businesses want to, they want to, uh, B, it's B2B, but it's like B to the employees, right? It's like your employees and your owners need to have a voice and they want to have a face to the company. So just regular B2B sales is very, very difficult. So a lot of comp- a lot of businesses are now creating thought leaders and yeah. their CEOs and founders are being more and more engaged on LinkedIn. And by understanding the, the the leaders, by understanding the owners and how and what their philosophies are and what their values are, that is what helps to close a potential sale. I don't know. Do you feel that movement in your space dealing with a lot of the organi- 
organizations. That yeah, especially because we're like we're especially because we're all about sort of generating culture. Um, it's always been a big thing. Um, and then, and I guess like you know when I was I started my company like I started as an entrepreneur when I was like twenty five, right? And when I started, I wrote a blog post about how I wanted all of my events to be like as eco-friendly as possible. And then like literally like NPR and Oprah and like Vogue, like saw this blog post and I'm like working out of a basement, you know, of a hotel, like in an AV company, like literally, literally no one. And so I realized very early on how important like being just like, yeah, value, value aligned and putting your values in front of like your product, like really helps like attract the right people, you know, too. So, um, even with happily, like I, uh, maybe three or four years ago before the pandemic, I took some, I took a good amount of time to just like really think, sorry about that. I, I took a lot of time to just really think about what are happily's values and to crystallize yeah. those. Um, and since I, since I went out and sort of said like, okay, like I, we're all about like reducing waste, you know, reinvesting in local economies and, um, and representing diverse voices, like all these people came out of the woodwork. And so many of our clients will say, I'll, we asked them like, why did you choose us over? There's so many event companies, like why, yeah. why us, you know? Yeah. And they'll say end of the day, it was like, you, because your values first. So I think it's, re- I think it is really important. This notion of like, oh, I'm just, just because yeah. you talk or like you, you put your values like up, you're going to become a thought leader. I mean, I'm very jaded about that because I came from TED and have seen many, many, like thousands of CEOs try this and utterly fail. Um, you do have to do like the, the real sort of like, there is a lot of hard work and in, in developing original thoughts um, of research, you know, testing, improving, copywriting and refining that. So it's not an overnight thing. And, and people can, especially now that like people know that that's a playbook, you know, to like oh, become yeah. a thought leader, oh, um, yeah. you know, the bullshit meter is like really high. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So before we dive into the marketing channels a little bit deeper, because I have some more questions, how much of this is actually just being you? Being 100% authentic, like you, like you said at one of the the earlier uh, TED conferences or meetups, you felt like jumping on a trampoline, so you just grabbed a bunch of trampolines. Whereas a lot of people would be like, "I feel like jumping on a trampoline, but it's so businessy, and I don't want to look that way in front of these business people. So I'm just not going to jump on a trampoline." But you just don't care, and you just were you. How much of that is just? Like how important is authenticity in, in B2B nowadays? Mm, uh, bro, I don't know. It's the B2B is so huge, right? So like while um, that might work for us when we're trying to, I think being authentic is easier when you have a younger brand. Um, let me say that. Um, and then as you get, as the organization gets bigger, you get into hundreds into thousands, you know, um, of people, you there is a new tension of having an authentic brand which doesn't necessarily mean being an authentic individual if that makes mm. sense so um uh yeah i don't know how to describe that that's why that's why i think actually like values are more important um than brand messages or you know and the stories that people share um, are the vehicle you know by which you can share those values is 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 much more important um, 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, Cause I even feel this, like the bigger my organization gets like, you know, the, how big are you guys now? Like how many clients you guys have or, or revenue? Oh, I don't know. We've got like hundreds of them. You know, we've, we've had over 20 million people come to our events. Uh, we've got, uh, over 60,000 people in our database of freelancers that we call on, you know, regularly to, um, to connect them with gigs. So that's kind of like the size that we're at. Um, yeah, pretty big. I mean, the U.S. Census Bureau has like 50,000 event planners or whatever that they count. So um, pretty large. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, in terms of stats, you guys have raised, uh, I believe you guys have raised like what, like half a million. I raised a little bit in the early days. Um, so yeah. I, yeah. So when I, I had to raise because people thought it was literally insane when I was like, Oh, we're going to like, I'm going to like put event planners like up on a website and you can hire us. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. nobody's going to hire people like off the internet, Sarah, like, especially yeah. for events, like you, it's like all about trust and who, you know, and, um, and I, and so, yeah, I had to raise. And I also like, didn't have any experience with building like a technology platform. And I mean, even marketplaces were so new. Um, so, yeah, so I, I mean, like, yeah, I had to raise a little bit, but then it's a pretty cash flow positive business, right? Like people pay us up front to deliver like goods and services. So, yeah, I love the freedom of not having to get on the hamster wheel of like valuations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in terms of like revenues, where are you guys at now? Um, and if you don't want to ask multi-million dollar company, I like, I don't like to tell, oh, like, let, to so that's like, all I'll say like, is this a hot sauce question? It Eat is that a hot, hot sauce. sauce question. Oh, okay. I'll take a hot sauce. <laughs> um, but I only, I only don't want to mention it just because like, I have like a lot of family and I feel like sometimes I feel like I don't buy them like nice enough gifts. And if they like knew how much revenue I made, they'd be like, wow. <laughs> all right. I'll take a hot sauce question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is so I mean, I kind of answered it. I hope you took like a half a spoonful, like a teaspoon. Yeah. Okay. How Are about you this? Okay? Is it above 5 million? Yeah. Yeah. Is it above 10 million? I mean, like, I mean, at this point, I'm just telling you how much money we, we've made. <laughs> okay. Okay. I took my hot sauce anyways. Um <laughs> So okay, let's 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 get back to the marketing channel. So, word of mouth is huge. They all uh, just doing events, sponsoring events, Google ads, Instagram, TikTok for branding, social other social media channels like LinkedIn for branding. Yeah. At this point, yeah. What do you think is your number one marketing channel? The number one driver for new business. Number one is people come to our shows because you know. Yeah. We, you know, our events have like hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, right? So it's, wow. and we're, it's like your, when you experience a, a phenomenal registration experience or you're having a problem and somebody like helps you out and like, what's your name? Who are you? We're from Happily. Like, that's a done deal. Like, our conversions are super high, you know, if you've come to an event, um, you know, from us. It's a lot harder to explain you know, why we're better because there's so much about the, the feeling of being at a show and how well you're taken care of that 
Um, if you haven't experienced it yourself, it's kind of, you know, it's hard to convert. And you guys have the full, you guys have the full service, right? You guys have the log, the sign in. Sorry, I can't even speak right now. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I noticed. I, I didn't want to say anything. Like slurring, uh, <laughs> like the sign in, the sign in experience, the registration experience to the app that you use when you are at the event to networking, like you have the whole experience or do you partner up with other organizations to get, to do a certain part? Yeah. Strategy, creative, web, um, broadcast and experiential. So it really touches like kind of end to end. I mean, but even this, but like, that's not to say that we're not partnering with like a ton of people because even the business model is that we're partnering with like, with freelancers. Right. So that's one of the things that I think is really like, to me, like revolutionary about like culturally revolutionary about the way that we go about things is that everyone that is working, you know, for the event is their own business. They treat Mm. it seriously and with like the love and care that they treat their own brands. Um, But they're all like sort of like working like in concert uh, with like kind of the master sort of plan um, that the happily provides. And is your role now, do you still get into the whole project managing of this partner and then this partner and this partner, kind of like, kind of like the like coordinate coordinator, or are you more, do you have people doing all of that, orchestrating everything and you're more client facing now? What is your role? Uh, I am like, I am like a person who doesn't lose and like, I hate losing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I hate it. Like I am okay. the most competitive board gamer. You know what I mean? Like I compete with everything. Like if you're on a road Love trip it. with me, like there's we're like competing about something. There's prizes all the time. You know, so um, that kind of like that kind of personality, you know, that I have. Like essentially, in order to like win every time, like you have to be able and confident um, enough to do anything, whatever, like whatever job is needed. So. I'll, I'm basically wherever my team needs me, but overall, wherever, like yeah. the, yeah, overall, like, um, yeah, where people need me the most is just generally the strategy. So I do head up like the, the strategy department, like which talent to invite, you know, um, how long should this program be? Who should we be inviting? Why, you know, how do we position that like within the market? That's, that's mainly the role that I, I fill with internally with happily, but then also, you know, for our customers. How long did it take you? Because you ran happily for 10 years. I assume the first few years you were more operational before the team got to a certain scale. How long do you think it took you to shift away from more operational to more strategic because of your personality? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think like, I think I'm still operational to be quite honest, you know, because like um, everything about events is about operations if that makes sense. Like it's all about planning and scheduling. And so, and as we do more and more events simultaneously, um, like, and I'm trying to sort of maintain quality at scale. Um, the only way to really do that is for me to like build process and operationalize things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think, I think like most, most CEOs do a lot more than people give them credit for, or maybe that they just don't want people to, to, to know like, how hard they work. But I think CEOs work really hard. I'm always telling my friends, like even my husband, he started a company and I was like, don't be the CEO. I was like, I will support you in founding a company, but like, you got to be like the product person. Cause like the CEO is the everything. janitor, dude. It's everything, whatever. They're like, 
Yeah, they are the janitor for sure. Yeah, it's like, oh, you need yeah. money? All right, like, let me get my wallet out, right? Like, oh, like, you know, you you don't know how to use like this you don't know how to like use this Excel sheet. Let me show you like, I like whatever, like that's why I'm like literally whatever needs to get done. Like if I call it critical path, you know, every week I lay out for the team, like here's the, here's the three, four things that are on critical path for this week. And you do not want to be on the critical path list. Cause what that list means is that like Sarah's going to like show up and we're going to have a meeting and she's going to like do your job in front of you for like a little bit and then fix it. And then you get to do it after that. <laughs> so wow. it's, yeah, that's, that's how it has to, that's how I think a lot of businesses are run. Certainly yeah. how mine is. Yeah. Well, we have to do a hot sauce competition one day. Cause, uh, yes, I know if, if you're that competitive, I would love to see I, how, like, how I would make it like duck level though, where it's like, it's like until one of us knocks out or like snot, <laughs> you know, comes out of our nose. Like that's how serious I am. <laughs> well, it's, it's getting, it's getting to that point. I feel I, it's I'm only not, two. So I'm not sure if you're like a good competitor. <laughs> no, I will do it. I will do it. I, I'm, I'm pretty competitive in in that sense and i've had some spicy sauces like i mentioned i tried the bomb which is like a four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand uh, schofield unit hot sauce um i'm down i'm down to play ball so okay let's, all let's, right let's, let's well let's in six months or something after this kid is out of me and i don't have to be responsible for someone's heartbeat <laughs> we'll do that okay well sarah thank you so much for for joining us today and sharing us uh sharing with us what makes a good event so what should we be looking for for towards um for happily like what are the next big announcements or milestones that are coming up maybe we can give you the floor to uh talk about whatever yeah um well we are just like keep expanding into like new regions so we just um we just built out a lot of our our London team, which we're really excited about, um, and we'll be we'll be building out like more in in Europe. Um, I think after the pandemic, what we saw was that I mean, travel just got really tricky. So we're excited to be, um, yeah, in new markets, and that's that's the main I think like the main focus, you know, of our company right now is yes. just grow. Yes, Canada. I love Canada. Actually, I think that Canada will come soon. Our head of experiential design is actually based in Vancouver. So, and people, Canadians are just so nice, you know? Oh yeah. We're so nice. We, you know, we take, we take hot sauce shots for you when you're supposed to be taking yeah. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's who we are as people. You know? I know. Thank you. That was really sweet. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll chat very soon. Good luck with the baby and yeah, we'll thank you so much for jumping, for jumping on.